Shut up and sit down. What? Why are you looking like something? That sounded really bad in my microphone, my headset. What did? The Josh, music, it was all broken and messed up. Oh jo- no, it, that's just Josh. Yeah. Oh, there was no wiki. <laughs> you might have you might have heard my spiritual wiki that hit the so Josh, tracks on wax. Josh, for our listeners that uh, have been listening for the last fourteen episodes, you're starting to get uh, sinusy again. I know, I know. I'm telling you, you're allergic to alcohol. I've had very little, so I should be very little irritated today. Is it, is it my cats? No, maybe. No, I don't know. After about an hour being here, you start to get uh, a little congested. Yeah. Sinusy. Makes me sad, because my my faithful podcast listeners are all like, what is he saying? I'd like to know. Well, speaking of podcasts, this is the New Utah Podcast. Hey! Uh, fresh back from a uh, long Comic-Con, a uh, near-life-ending injury. Yes. Um, not toxic algae, by the way. No, not toxic algae. Not uh, this time. <laughs> the hair is still in place. And looking impeccable. <laughs> there is a lot more gray in the beard now today, though. Oh, yeah. A whole lot. Is the injury? After my hedge clipper incident. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys have fun at Comic-Con? I know Josh had a couple panels. We uh, live-streamed one of them. On Facebook? It was so much fun. It was amazing. I I think this was the best con that they put on yet. As far as from my from my perspective, as far as like people J- flowing Jess's through space says no. I feel like it was a lot of repeat. Oh no. I I'm not talking about content. I'm talking about as far as like people being able to walk down the aisles. Um, access into the con without waiting huge amounts of time. I felt like that was pretty good from from everything I saw, at least. Oh yeah, every time it gets better. Those RFID bracelets—they make fantastic. a huge difference, yeah. right? And being able to ship out so many before the con starts—that that helps a ton to eliminate the five-hour line out front. I will still say though, Saturday was a fucking nut house. Uh, yes, and it even, makes you grateful for Thursday and Friday. Yeah, e- even getting into panels was crazy painful on on saturday between panels those 10 minutes that they kind of have everyone in the hall it's just elbow to elbow shit show it reminded me of high school like when the bell rang and everyone like <laughs> frantically went outside and the halls were super jam-packed and like uh, i hear that's like that because i don't remember much about but everybody just looks extra cool in their costumes way extra no, no. cool but here's the problem i love cosplay and i think we have some of the best cosplay in in the U.S., certainly. Um, better than San Diego, by far, just from looking at pictures. But a lot of people wear their costumes Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The same costume. So by Saturday, Febreze does not fix the smell. <laughs> uh, that problem is there without cosplay. <laughs> yeah, in fact, the funkiest dude... That I saw at the Comic Con, like, first of all, there was a, he had this weird pocket of people that would like stay three or four feet away from him. So you could see him coming, but I smelled him 15 feet before he got there. <laughs> and that dude was not wearing a costume. He just looked like a normal guy, just a funky normal guy. Just so, take a shower, people. So, Deodorant. not to derail us, but we should probably introduce like who all is talking and who we are and what this is. What is this? This is the New Utah Podcast. This is our uh, 15th episode. Woohoo! They Magic. said we'd never make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Every here we are. Week. With our dozens and dozens of listeners. Woot! I'll drink to that. Uh, no, you're cut off. <laughs> I'm pre-cut off, apparently. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what happened last week, Josh went upstairs... To uh, sneeze. To sneeze. To sneeze. And didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> and it was towards the end. Why are we talking about this? Because it's entertaining. It was awesome. We go upstairs, and he's passed out on my couch. Now, to be to be fair, in Josh's defense, he didn't drink that much. He didn't eat. But he didn't eat anything all day. And he took cold medicine. A lot of cold medicine, sadly. And I'm, I'm telling you from experience, cold medicine plus alcohol leads to some really crazy shit. 
Yeah, well, my pants stayed on, so I'm proud of that. But uh, thank you, Chris, for driving me home and letting me puke on your on your leg. Apparently, uh, yeah, it was nice. A little water hose just right off. So good, I'd... good. So uh, with this, as always, we have a tragic accident survivor. If, if you could see, if you good folks at home could see, I'm holding up my poor injured hand. I'm Jeremy, by the way. Tell us what happened. <laughs> it kind of looks like he lost a bet with like a, an alligator and a grizzly bear at the same time. Pretty much. Yeah. Hedge trimmer accident. Safety first, kids. At least I was wearing gloves, so it didn't totally take my finger off. Uh, it just kind of chewed it up to the bone. Ugh. <laughs> but luckily no tendon damage. No, no tendon damage. Tendon, tendon, din, damage, yes. So to tell you what kind of a good friend Jeremy is, he is <laughs> sitting in the emergency room with his hand wrapped to nines, and he is texting saying, hey, I hope your panel's going well, <laughs> thinking of you, buddy. And I'm like, oh, that Jeremy's a great guy. I was actually in the panel, so I didn't get a chance to see it until afterwards. And then afterwards, I come to find out, like, Jeremy risked life and limb to even say hello you're, you're a good friend, buddy. Well, you got it. Anything for you, Josh. Which, by the way, I'm Jeremy, and sitting across from me is Josh. Hi, I'm Josh. <laughs> That's it. Dude, I don't need <laughs> any more. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Josh is our friend Jessica. Hi, it's Jessica. Jessica, who dressed as Stuart on Friday? Friday and half of Saturday. Really? Did you go on the contest with that? No, you should have. No, there's there's pictures uh, on her Facebook, um, and the the costume just turned out fantastic. So go check them out. If you don't know who Stewart is, look what I can do! Look what I can do! <laughs> just, what I can do! Just go, just go YouTube some some clips of Stewart from Mad TV. My mom says you're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh such a cool costume idea it was really really fun i had a lot of pictures taken and a lot of afterthoughts people were like oh my gosh you're steward can i take a picture and this is the best thing i've seen here and that was for all the cosplays that was really cool to hear i gotta be honest with you i couldn't look at you i know it was very difficult. Um, billy boyd told me that i was really awesome for walking around in my pants <laughs> That's a true story. In, in your naughty bits. Yes. And then he didn't recognize me because I wasn't in my underwear. So you also posted. <laughs> but you drank with him. I did. That's awesome. I was just about to say that. You posted a, a comment that you had a little sip of whiskey. And then people were like, sinner. And I, I could see the Bibles flying through the interwebs at you. And you're like, dude, it was just a sip. No one got drunk. It was pretty funny. That's oh, that one guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but no. I mean, he was he was kind of freaking out a little bit. I had a lot more than a sip all three days. I just had a sip, but it was with a hobbit. So, oh, monkey a Scottish shoulder. hobbit. Jeremy shared his monkey shoulder, and it was so tasty. Amazing. Amaze balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, because I mean, we've been bullshitting for eight minutes now. Uh, Let's talk about some events coming up, because this is all about Utah. What's going on this week, Jess? I'm going to start on a very solemn note. Uh, this week, we celebrate um, uh, the remembrance of 9-11. It's been 15 years. And we're really fortunate that Sandy City and a nonprofit organization has created the Healing Fields, which is across from Sandy City Hall. Uh, they set up a, a flag, an American flag for each person that was lost. And it's just really humbling to watch, um, to walk through every single flag and, and read the names. And, and it just it makes it real. Um, for those of us that were in the area, uh, it's just a really good time to reflect and, and just take a moment. And that is going to be running from the 9th to the 12th. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think it's important that um, we never forget those those incidents that helped shape 
the country as it is today. And it had a lot of dramatic effect on, on the country. And sometimes all we forget is, I mean, all we remember is the catastrophe itself and not the people that were actually impacted and all the firefighters that gave their lives and all the, you know, the servicemen and whatever. So, Well, not just that gave their lives, but are going to end up dying as a result. Right. I mean, the first responders, those guys don't have a long lifespan now. Some of them have died already from A lot have died here. already. So uh, it's a big deal. The first responders fund and stuff that was set up that Congress keeps trying to fuck them around. Oh, you mean Congress who... Never <laughs> mind. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to make this political. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, Sorry. I didn't mean to start off events <laughs> with something solemn, but it's... Um, I was there. That's I'd right. only lived out there for less than a year. And so... Um, I just really take this time of year to remember being there. And um, I actually took time. I was up till like one o'clock watching some documentaries last night and it's really seeing their new stories every year when people are ready to talk about their experience. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's been 15 years, uh, but there's only a few events in life that, that you remember like that. Um, you know, JFK, for a lot of people, when he was assassinated... The shuttle blowing up. Challenger uh, blowing up. Uh, Challenger more so than, than Discovery when it blew up on reentry mm-hmm. um, because it blew up on takeoff. Right. You know, it's, I, I remember um, I was in either fourth or fifth grade when that happened. I remember sitting there with my class watching it live. Yeah. I think most people... <coughs> yeah. Most people did. Yeah. And when the Berlin Wall came down, that's another big event, you know... This is one of those the events. iPhone six. <laughs> when no. that one of these events, um, I mean, a- everyone that was of age of memory can tell you what exactly what they were doing that day, exactly what happened. Yes. So, on a more fun note, we have the monthly urban flea market that is on Six South and Main Street on Sunday from nine to three. Flea markets are amazing. Well, this one's really neat. Uh, there's a lot of unique furniture. There's records and jewelry and yeah. So if your old if your old flea is all run down and you need some new fleas, I strongly urge you to go check out the flea. Bring market. it to the market. Is that is that what we're talking? If you about? want to buy a bunch of other people's old shit they don't want, but it's still awesome, go and get market. their fleas. And wait, or there bro. are no actual fleas you anywhere. No, yes, there are fleas. So yeah. Some of that furniture, I Bed would bugs. say, probably has fleas. There might even be a really awesome Tupperware presentation going on. Tupperware is a thing again, you know? It is a big thing. Well, really? your, fri- your friend does the Tupperwares. My friend does do the Tupperwares. She's amazing. She's awesome. Wait, who? Harriet Winston. The one that stood up for oh. you with the whole Tour de France thing. I love Harriet. Yeah, but it's pretty amazing. So this time of year, I talked about it before, is the state fair, and Chris's is just as excited as I am. I love the state fair. I I've uh, been almost every year uh, since I've lived in Utah, um, so quite a while. Um, and and the years that I miss it, I just kick myself because you want to eat donut burgers. Uh, no, it's Doesn't delicious. Good, just <laughs> so you know, so I there, the beer tent. There, there's a couple things at the fair that that you can't really get a lot of other places. So the first is corn dogs. Corn dogs at a fair, um, the same that you get at like a carnival. They're not the cheap, shitty, frozen ones. They're hand-dipped. They're fried in gross, hot oil. They're just amazing. You can't find them a lot of places. Hot dog on a stick doesn't even compare. Funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. And all these stupid-ass places making funnel cake sticks is bullshit. You need a funnel cake filled with like chocolate pudding out of a giant fucking can and then some whipped cream on top of it that's a funnel cake this message brought to you by chris's whore mouth (laughs) (laughs) every year i buy the exact same thing at the fair i visit ford's jerky they're based out of provo it's like nine dollars a bag but it's the best beef jerky and then fudge from the same building from the same people Every year. Speaking of speaking of jerky, does anybody else remember the jerky guy that used to be out in Lehigh by the sign way back when you drive yes. you drive down Redwood and it there was nothing else forever and ever. Then there was the sign for Lehigh. Right in front of the Lehigh sign was the guy with his beef jerky shack. And it we might have beef been with my some air quotes around it. <laughs> so this is not Utah, but between Vegas and L.A. 
as soon as you leave Vegas, you start seeing signs, maybe even before For alien Vegas, jerky? For alien jerky. Like, probably a hundred plus billboards you see between Vegas. Have you had it? No. Oh. Is Does it, it taste like real aliens? I, I don't I know. I need to know. But it's a town in Nevada, right? Right by for the border. Uh, and seriously, I don't know if they own all the land and the billboards, or they just pay a ridiculous amount for the billboards. Beef jerky is expensive, so... Anyways, so back to the fair. Uh, it starts the 8th and it goes to the 18th. Now, is a carnival there? Both yeah. Weekends? Oh, yeah. Carnival. The only thing that is different this year is they're not doing a demolition derby and they're not doing a rodeo because they're redoing the grandstands. That and too many people get hurt at the crash derbies. Yeah. Remember the one in... Yeah, car parts. <laughs> the one in Nephi where the car... That's like, on my bucket list. I don't have a bucket list because I just do things, but I want to drive in a derby. Driving so a derby. I guess yep. my my uh, my mom and my uh, her husband. He's not really my stepdad. He does demolition derbies, so he drives oh, that's on them. Awesome. He also tows cars out of them because he runs a towing business. Yeah. So if you ever want to get into it, I got the hookups. Um, also, on the thirteenth, Blues Traveler will be here as one of their main entertainment. I saw Weird Al there a few years ago. I just have one question for you. Yes. Would you say that the fair is a veritable smorgasbord, borgasbord? It is, especially (laughs) when I'm winning Blue Ribbons. Oh, yeah. So Blue Ribbons and what? Jess is somewhat of a Utah State Fair star, I hear. (laughs) I don't know if I'd go that far. So she's a champion omelet maker She's like the the Elvis Presley of our state fair. Let's just call it what it is, folks. Really? So is your cake going to be like like a peanut butter? So like she's going to skydive So I didn't do baked goods this year. I did photography. Bullshit. Uh, I entered six pictures. Did you at least take pictures of baked goods? No, uh. I didn't. So last year, I usually do every other year with my baked goods, whether it's fudge, candy, cake, cookies. Um, I've won ribbons in all of them. And last year I got my first blue ribbon. So I'm on hiatus and decided to do, I haven't done photography since 2009. And so... That is entered and being judged today, and we'll see what happens. Good this luck, weekend. Jess. Thank so, you. Do you know how much the state fair is? Uh, yes. So adults are eight dollars. Kids six to twelve are eight. Or sorry, adults are ten. Kids six to twelve are eight. Uh, the big shocker is ten dollars for parking, which is always awesome. But Can you get anywhere close to it with tracks or any tracks run down North Temple? Now? Yes, tracks does. So if you wanted to park downtown in a free or park, spot or park, park in Sandy or, or VW bus, just make sure you get on the the green line right that goes down North Temple. I'm pretty sure I haven't there. been that far out. I usually take the blue line. Yeah. So she saved some money on on. Parking, buy a tracks ticket, a round trip tracks ticket. It dumps you off right on North Temple, so it's a walk of maybe a block, block and a half. Yes. So, uh, and it's well worth 10 bucks. I mean, you can walk around, literally spend all day looking at stuff. So, we have a lot of really talented adults and kids. Um, It's It's amazing. It's a showcase of all things Utah. Yeah. I mean, aside from the carny crap, um, (laughs) it's not politically correct. They're carnies. Don't worry about it. They're, they're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure they're going to listen. Yeah. You never but know. Outside of the traveling carnies, uh, you get to see animals that are raised in the state of Utah. You get to see artwork, um, all kinds of crappy vendor merchants that try to sell you shitty wares. Um, it's true. But I get a pair of sunglasses every year, so. It's a good place to buy them. It Big is. tomatoes, chickens, pigs. Oh, yeah. Everything. It's amazing. Rabbits. A lot of rabbits. A lot of... Lots I love... Of and you can buy the rabbits. You Josh, can buy any of the animals. Tell us about the rabbits, Josh. Tell us about the rabbits. <laughs> well, lots of lots of horticulture, too. So yes. beyond just the vegetables and the, the growing stuff, there's a lot of flowers. A lot of different well-taken-care-of-and-grown flowers. And when you go, ask the volunteers how they maintain that. It's a really awesome process. And um, I was able to talk to a local grower who had... Probably like 60 ribbons between, uh, Utah County, Salt Lake County and the Utah State Fair. Uh, and he explained the whole process of getting his vegetables into the state fair. It was really cool. And I know there's a lot of people probably wondering this, but do they still kick you out for being naked? <laughs> Why don't you go find Josh? Go find out. Go find Josh. <laughs> go find Josh. Go well, find you, out. If you see a naked guy running around. That's the Josh. You would have found All Josh. Right. So we have two more things I want to talk about really quick. Uh, the Greek festival is this weekend. Okay. Uh, so, so I have a Greek festival story. 
Tell Ooh. it. Right, yeah. Okay, so this was a few years ago, a guy that I worked with. Uh, we went to the Greek festival. It's been around a long time, right? I mean, uh, This is his 41st okay, year. So it's been around a long time. So it was new to us. I was quite a bit younger at the time. So we go, and it's it's this time of year, obviously, and it was another one of those super hot Augusts, or September, sorry. So uh, we're in there, we're in line, and you got to try the food. I mean, that's kind of their whole thing is the food. They do have a few other things, but the food is kind of the big Mostly drop. dancers. So so we, we, we go through the lines, we get our food, we go sit down. Um, we're, we're enjoying our food probably – Five minutes into eating, I look over at my compadre, and his face is just pale white, and he's like, it's really hot in here. There's a lot of people. It's really hot. So I kind of stand up, and I kind of back up a little bit, and then he turns around and just unleashes. We're right in the middle of... (laughs) Wait, he turned into a werewolf? He turned into He's sitting out with Josh. Absolutely. So we're in the middle of the tent. The whole thing, it's like the plague. The whole thing, everybody just <laughs> whoosh. Everybody moves out of the way. That, that's my Greek festival it's story. Like, it's like what the, what, is it Chunk? Talks about on Goonies. Oh, yeah. When he throws oh, yeah. up like, over the. I threw up off the balcony and then other people started throwing up. And it was like. <laughs> <laughs> and then she started throwing up. <laughs> So it was, it was funny, and it was so hot, and and anyway, and memories. Oh, and then that hot tent that, gets defensed. Oh yeah, and all those people. It was just pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can maybe avoid the pandemonium this year. It's running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's only three dollars to get in. Another cool event that's going on. It's starting the ninth, and it runs to the twenty fifth. Is the dine around. Which is featuring 45 of Salt Lake City restaurants. Um, it's a specific menu, but you don't need any coupons or anything. You just walk in and say, Hey, I'm here for the dine around menu. So, so the dine around is a, is a way to try out fancy schmancy restaurants, uh, in the Salt Lake City area. But not um, all of these are fancy schmancy. No, uh, there's a D's on there, right? Uh, no, no. But, D's is close. But a lot of Martin, no. Except for no. 21st and 7th. 45th and Redwood's still open too. Oh, hi. Let's five all go to D's. Let's all go to D's. That's what daddy says. <laughs> and the family all agrees. <laughs> so dine arounds, uh, dine arounds are really good a way to experience some of these restaurants, especially some of the higher end ones that cost a little bit more. Um, they are a set menu, but, uh, it's, it's a lot cheaper, um, than what you would normally pay there. So you can go taste what they make, see what's good. Uh, see if you like it or not before taking someone out on a really expensive date. Go here and go on a little bit cheaper date. You have a two-item lunch. Um, there's a $5 lunch at places like Gracie's, the Rose Establishment, or Tony Caputo's. Uh, you could go a little fancier with a $10 lunch at, like the Bourbon House, Copper Onion. My personal oh, favorite is Gorbandy's. I could eat there every day. Their peach pastry Bourbon is the hell. best. Um, there's also is that a three. The French, is that the no? That's Eva's. On no, it's on third and third. It was the Bourbon uh, House last year for Josh's birthday, where we were introduced to the Moscow Mule. I do believe. Where you guys were? Well, we were where we were, and we were, were introduced by Chris and Bree. Actually, oh no, I was there. I'm the one that introduced. He's the one that ordered it. it. Oh, good job, good job. <laughs> no, that was a mistake. <laughs> That's all that son of a bitch's drink. He's been summer. working frantically on a time machine ever since that day, hoping to go back. To order anything different. Anything different. I, Do you have a Coke? I just got to find him a different drink. I'll drink that too. Well, you could spend $35 for a three-course meal and maybe go to Whiskey Street and try something else. Mm, that place is good. Or the New Yorker or Stone uh, Ground or Cafe Molise. Stone Ground is probably my favorite Italian place in Salt Lake. I need to visit it. Cafe Pere Noir is my favorite. Fresh pasta. It's really good. Hard to find. I think I'd have to go with Kathy. Forget about it. (laughs) Uh, Well, great. Great. Why don't we move on to some news? Uh, A lot of stuff going on in Utah and around the country. So today, um, article came out. ITT Tech, which has been around in Utah for a very long time. Their, Their campus in Murray survived some other campus closures, but ITT Tech has shut its doors across the nation. Permanently. 9 o'clock a.m. this morning was the official time. Which is interesting because this is the start of the fall semester, right? Yeah. And because it happened on Tuesday, could we say, Goodbye, Rudy Tuesday. No? No one? <laughs> no Too one soon. knows what the Too fuck soon? you're saying. Dude, it's Goodbye, Rudy Tuesday. Ruby. Or- Ruby? Ruby. Ruby. Like the restaurant. 
Which also is out of Utah. Which is also close. Oh, that was forever ago. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. Thanks, guys. Hey, see that? See what I did there? That went full circle. <laughs> so uh, the reason that they've had to close their doors is over the last couple of years, so there's been a big debate going on. Um, there's a lot of for-profit schools out there. Uh, in Utah, you've got University of Phoenix. You've got Stephen Tinegar College, or you did. I think they're gone now. ITT, Western Governors. Those types of schools, they're for-profit schools, uh, a lot of them get federal financial aid, just like any other educational institution. Uh, the difference is they're not always accredited well. And so the federal government's been doing a lot of work to make sure their proper educations are given, that the right policies are in place, that they can be accredited institutions, and ITT's had a problem over the last little while. So, so yes, they've been under scrutiny. Uh, and by closing the doors, just some of the stats, though, over 800 employees nationwide are 8, out 000. of a job as of 9 o'clock this morning. 8,000. 8,000. And then yeah. let alone the – I think I think what I read is it was some 20,000 students just in the western United States who are now yes. SOL. Close and, to f- – Close to forty thousand students actually. Can they can they take those credits or I mean it's not the credits are transferable to a point to so, if they can get a hold of someone. Yeah, so here's the thing. Some of their credits they could transfer to other institutions. The problem is with a lack of accreditation, a lot of those courses don't translate into anything else in any other public university. So a lot of these guys are just screwed. Well, part of the problem is some of the courses that they have are so specialized, and some of the classes are so specialized to that degree that it's like, okay, I took this class on whatever. That class exists nowhere else. So yeah, because it's vocational. Transfer it to where, right. for what. So it sucks for these people. I mean, that's a risk you take when you get into one of these private for for-profit institutions. I mean, people at Steven Zinniger had the same problem because Steven Zinniger closed. Wasn't it Steven Zinniger? I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. The thing with ITT is they've been around for over 50 years. Yeah, it's been a long so, time. So, I mean, eh, I know this. ITT so, tech commercial. So the big, the big reason why they closed <laughs> is they were having problems over the last couple of years with their accreditation and the government pulled all their federal funding. And so, they stiffed them with the bill and said they owe $154 million by the end of the month to yeah. pay back what they've already borrowed for the month. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big deal. Now, the government's talking about ways to do loan forgiveness because any student that's been there and doesn't have a degree, now they're saddled with student loans. And if you've had student loans, you can't get rid of them. You can't file no, bankruptcy. they never go away. They stay with you forever. There's forgiveness programs, uh, but that's about it. And so the federal government's going to be working on a forgiveness program for these these students of ITT that are. That, I did see an article today where there's a one of the guys that they were interviewing has been there eight years, and this was his last semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just brutal. So here's a question: Was there any writing on the wall that someone who's kind of savvy with these sort of things could have said, "Hey, you know, this is coming. Let's do something about it, or let's let's prepare some Plan Bs because." It sounds like what's happened is this all happened very quickly, and now there's no plan B. Well, it's it's not a quick thing. The, the, basically, what happened is the government stopped funding them. So that was the, 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 the moving factor. But ITT's known about these accreditation problems for a while. And it's public record if you're really going to go see it, but no one looks at that stuff. The biggest thing is, over the last couple of years, the government's been saying, we're going after these institutions. They're predatory. Um, they're... They're ridiculous. They're they're not real higher education institutions in most cases. Wow. So, but it's a big impact on Utah. Uh, the Murray campus was was pretty big. Um, so I know quite a few people that went through. Yeah. Well, and not just the students. Like I said, the employees who yeah. showed up to work this morning and have no job. Professors, admin staff, they're out of jobs just like that. So big hit, big deal. Uh. Let's talk about fun money. Fun money? Ooh. <laughs> My favorite money. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about fun money. <laughs> Let's talk about all the good things and the bad. Oh, sorry. We stopped the song. So, we, Oh, yeah. We, that we, just happened. <laughs> we talked uh, the last few times about uh, what, Zubru. 
Oh, yeah, up at the up at Hogle Zoo. <clears throat> yeah, so Zoobrew actually benefits the Zoo Arcs and Parks program or the Zoo Arcs and Parks Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that donates money to hundreds of small uh, arts programs throughout the state of Utah. It's the Zap program. Z- yeah, Z- kind of like a bug zapper. A I love bit. the bug zapper. A little bit. Have you seen the tennis rackets? Oh, yeah. The bug zapper tennis rackets. Cool. Do they work? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been told have they one. work well. <laughs> They're awesome. Have you ever used the salt guns for the flies? Yes. My dad yes, bought I one. Have. No. Do what? you use Te- the uh, tennis racket on your bees? No. <gasps> I don't want to kill my bees. <laughs> but wasps. Dude, you're they, part of the problem. Wasps are bastards. Yeah, yeah they well, kill your bees. I know. Or your bees kill them if well, they get my, 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 my clan is big enough that it, they're not going to get into those. But yes. <laughs> you have a clan. A clan. Oh, yes, bees. Remind me later to talk to you about bees. Okay. Uh, anyway, they got about $1.9 million, which doesn't seem like a lot. It's kind of piss money when you look at large budgets. But to a lot of arts programs, um, it's their lifeblood. They're able to do things with this money that uh, they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Yeah, I wipe my pale white tushy with $1.9 million <laughs> daily. Yeah, it's nothing. Well, so the $1.9 million is going to get split amongst 153 groups. groups. So it's been a, it's a lot of money, but it's a lot of money split a lot of ways. So like the highest organization is uh, Sundance, right? About $90,000 is what it's going to get allocated to them. So this money isn't just money that they're allocating to groups that they think are cool. or it's no, there's they a actually grant have to app, app, Yeah, there's they an They have to apply. 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 Yes. I can't even speak today. <laughs> so Sundance Institute, which uh, runs the Sundance Film Festival, they're going to get about $90,000. That's the biggest, right? Yeah. <laughs> Josh went to sneeze. Whoa. I hope he comes back. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> it's like a foghorn when he does. <laughs> it that. was it's the craziest thing ever. Um, so, what do you think about that? I mean, Sundance is a—it's uh, a big film festival. I—I I think it's a huge, huge thing for the arts for them to get up. Ninety grand seems reasonable to me. So, so I I agree with Sundance, and I agree with what Sundance is about. But we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It kind of frustrates me the big name actors and other people that get involved with Sundance. To me, it seems like it's just to push their name, and because Sundance is the cool thing to do. Oh, I'm in an independent Sundance movie, but I'm a big name actor, and I make tons of money doing other things. So what you're saying is, big name actors don't do it for the artism or art. Or whatever the hell word I'm going to make up. Artism. I don't know. I think that's close to autism. They're on the spectrum. I I feel like maybe they do it because it's cool and it's the in thing because 15, 20 years ago, they wouldn't be caught dead doing an indie movie. Yeah, but those names are helping those indie movies get made that might not otherwise get made. Like, I don't know, Captain Fantastic with uh, Bleecker Street. Not even just get made, but get picked up. Yeah. So you, you stick a Jack Nicholson in a movie, for example, the chances of it getting picked up are huge and he does it for virtually free i mean compared to what he would make doing something else but something i was reading about this money because i was a little like oh sundance institute is getting ninety thousand. don't they have sponsors and and people but it's going to activities that are in salt lake county so sundance has expanded beyond park city and moved down to ogden um i think they even have some events in provo mm-hmm. and then in yeah. salt lake so it's so, helping the individual events which, yes by the way having stuff in provo makes sense since sundance is in provo canyon that is true i don't even know what it has to do with the sundance resort being in park city it's robert redford footloose <laughs> kick oh up <laughs> No, that is a terrible. Welcome to the musical episode of the New Utah Podcast. (laughs) Welcome to Josh Sober. (laughs) It sucks. Uh, But there's other groups like there's a there's a group a dance company that's getting twenty two hundred dollars, which will help them uh, dance. Well, it'll help them underwrite a show. <laughs> the so, Utah Cultural Celebration Center is getting $70,000. So and yeah. that is where they just held the International Food Festival, or sorry, the Wasatch Food Festival a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, 
paying for the underwriting of a show, whether it's a dance performance, uh, the rights to some kind of music score for an orchestra, uh, rights to, to perform a play, that's expensive stuff. You've got to pay to be able to show that stuff. Right. <laughs> and that, that costs a lot of money for people, and they have a hard time uh, coming up with that ahead of time. Well, because true. If, the, if the royalties can be, play, can be paid for a community play, that allows them to spend more money on costumes and instead of or even having the money to pay for the royalties before the ticket right. sales happen. So that the ticket sales can actually go towards funding them yeah, later exactly. or another. So show. it's a good thing. This is a good thing. It's like it's like a, a, a Kickstarter to a self-perpetuating cycle. So some of the other groups that are getting money, the Sandy Arts Guild, Murray City Cultural Arts, the Leonardo. The Utah which, Flute Association. Yeah. They're going to play some jazz flute all up in this hizzy. <laughs> That's baby making music. It's a lot of a lot of small stuff. The Brighton Institute, the apparently the Utah Flute Association, I guess. I don't know. All getting some money. Uh, you know, in in uh, the state of Utah, we don't have a lot of uh, big cats, but we do have cougars. And I'm not talking about BYU coats or older ladies who like the younger men's. Uh. Wow. Could Josh, be like the cougars. Josh thinks any older lady that likes him is a cougar, but what he doesn't understand is he's old. Yeah, and there's no older ladies that like me, so <laughs> it's all a move. Boy. So you're the cougar, girl? How does that work? Ow. He's a dirty old man. There's a difference. <laughs> so I actually feel pretty passionate about this story because I think that sport hunting is one of the most... I don't know, inhumane thing that we do. And we've, and we've built this entire society around people that, that sport hunt and then they use sophistry to basically say, Oh no, no, I need the meat. I need this cougar meat. For- you would feel differently if a cougar was eating Jeremy's chickens. Well, and that's no, what I this wouldn't. is about. Jeremy needs to figure that shit out, man. <laughs> to be if, clear. If Jeremy's, if someone, if a cougar's eating Jeremy's stuff, then that's, that's on him, not the damn cougar. To be clear, they don't hunt cougars for meat. No one says that. <laughs> I know. I'm using a metaphor here for all the deer hunters that go out there and like, man, if I don't get this book, we ain't eating for the next two weeks. No, you want to kill something. And, um, and then my we, uncle actually cans meat. Okay, so. and yeah. not everyone. And I, I grew I, up with it. There are some people that legitimately do it. Most of them Bullshit. do it. In my entire <laughs> life of seeing it. Most people do not. Your people that you're talking about are the exception. How, how much of your life have you lived in a city? Dude, how much of my life have, has been in Utah? With in a bunch Sacramento? Of, huh? Well, clearly you've spent a lot of time in the Bay Area. Air oh, quotes. my gosh. <laughs> Air quote Bay Area. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. seriously, I, I know it's been in Utah, but how much has been in the city? Uh, quite honestly, most of it. That's my point. So most hunting, you, you do get some from the city, but the vast majority of it actually comes from smaller but rural all the hunters I'm talking about are also in the city. Which is why your segment is skewed. Okay, fair so enough. So I just want to say right here, sheep and cattle are people's livelihoods. And if mm. cougars are out there killing it... Yeah, but we're part of the problem. If we kill the adult male cougars... And then the the uh, the cubs be, they have to go out and fend for themselves, and they it, it throws off their entire ecosystem. So they have to get out, and they get more aggressive, and suddenly they're they're now out there, like I don't know. I mean, it's a self perpetuating cycle, and it all starts when we take their ecological niche. When we when we push further and further and push them out of their ecosystems, and now suddenly they they have the population is too big for this well, ecosystem. Well, I have an idea. Let's kill the ones that that are, exceed that, and that's so subjective well, on killing these extra ones. Well, it's, it's murder. Been, it, it's been a huge boon to be able to do that. So you know, the Utah Wildlife Board, um, a lot of the national wildlife organizations, these numbers they don't just pull out of their ass. They, they look at populations and say, this is, you know, a safe number to get rid of. I happen to think in the in, in the use of cougars, I think granting permits for cougars is bullshit. I think granting permits to cull deer and elk herds makes sense in a lot of cases because the herds are enormous in some cases. 
but I think the cougar thing, it's just like killing wolves up near Yellowstone. It's Which it's I don't crap. think you should do. Well, uh, agreed. They killed them out of Yellowstone at one point. They've only been there for, what, 10, 15 years now? Uh, they reintroduced them. Hunting so- is bullshit. And uh, not in every case. I'm painting with a big brush. But in the cases of the city people, admittedly, and it is the city, these people are just doing it because they want to kill something, and I hate it. And these animals are the rightful inhabitants of that area, and it pisses me off when these gun-houten nitwits, gun-houten, that was toten. To, to be clear, they're the rightful inhabitants of where you live. Cougars used to roam your backyard at some point. Yep. I Mankind is a plague. We are like slowly but surely pushing all the creatures and destroying the ecosystem so for there, everyone. There has to be a balance. Now, my opinion on cougars is we have we're I get nowhere it. near the balance. Cattle and sheep are are totally their livelihood, but get the fuck over it. You're in the wild, you're grazing in a lot of cases on BLM land, so they're going to get fucking eaten. Get over it. Just ex that is a part of loss. When you go into Walmart, they have a certain percentage of product they know is going to end up missing. Someone's going to steal it. Right. Just just build that into your equation. That, that's a really good perspective, I love perspective, that you just compared Chris. Walmart to wildlife. Well, it's the same thing. Same thing. It's just business. You know, I'm going to fist bump you because that is a very well said <laughs> argument. Thank so you, let's Chris. Let's move on. Uh, another topic. Uh, did we even cover the core topic or did we just kind of talk uh, we about it? we talk about it. So, Basically, it's a, a story that the Utah Wildlife Board decided to increase the number of cougars that can be hunted to 522, 522 this yeah. year. It's not a lot. It's only a 5% increase. There's been a lot of pissed off people like Josh over here about it, but. You know, you know who would be against this? Misty K. Snow. If she were only here. If it, who is. I don't know if I'd put words into her mouth. My daughter's certainly against it. But she's uh she wants she's to study a vegetarian. big cats. Well, and I uh, it's not because she's a vegetarian. This is the type of animal she wants to study. She's yeah. going to school to study big cats. Well said. Okay, sorry. Get fired up. I hate hunting. Get over it. That's all I gotta say. And Jess is one of us. This is the musical episode of the new Utah podcast. As liberal as I am, I think hunting's okay. I think there's there's instances where it's necessary. I think that the way we raise cattle and chickens and sheep is ridiculous. Um, but I don't have a problem with people killing wild animals. If they kill to eat and survive, I completely agree. Agreed. All right. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to a uh, <laughs> somewhat happy, mostly sombering set of stories. Uh, homelessness in Utah. It's a really big problem. A growing problem. I would say, though, not just in Utah. However, we are the new Utah podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big problem overall, but uh, Utah's been facing some serious homeless issues. Um, we're at the end of summer. Uh, it was like 53 degrees this morning. It's getting cold. And there's a lot of people on the streets. So we've talked before about uh, Utah potentially moving the homeless shelter because now that they're trying to rebuild and, you know, gentrify, I guess, the third south area or the third west area. They want Pioneer Park to be a family park again. Yeah, they want the farmer's market to actually be in the park instead of on the street on the side of the park. Um, so they've been looking for new homes. Um, they actually, uh, just spent some time touring out some possible locations for resource centers. Um, so they, they're trying to find places that make sense since, you know, the fourth south area, the third south area right there, fifth south, you know, Rio Grande station don't make a lot of sense anymore, at least not to developers. Well, the homeless problem isn't in just downtown Salt Lake. I mean, we're up in Ogden and Provo. Right. Yeah, I mean, one of the stories that uh, that I read, you know, a couple weeks ago was about a uh, uh, Midvale shelter that's out there. Um, what's it called? Transition, I think. What was it called? Oh, Life Start Village. So it's uh, not quite homeless shelter, but, but kind of an up 
you know, step up for women and children. More like a transition like, house, halfway yeah, house. Yeah, like transition housing. Um, and one of the things that uh, when they when they built this, it, it houses uh, 54 families. Um, and when they built it, there was a lot of concern about property value, uh, about it bringing in a bunch of vagrants, that sort of thing. Um, but now they're seeing a uh, like a 75% success rate so far. Um, it opened in 2003, and it's actually increased property values. It's made the neighborhood better. Um, that is fantastic. So it just kind of flies right in the face of what a lot of you know opponents of of these type of facilities are. Um, so it's it's still happening. I think they've got a couple phases that that people go through. And I think just doing it to help people is the right reason, but all of these other things, they're just icing on a delicious cake. Well, the old adage of either ignore it and it'll go away, or put them on a bus and ship them somewhere else, that just doesn't work. Well, there will always also be people that don't want help. That's, right. you know, it's a, it's a choice. Yeah, and, and some of this is, you know, Life Start Village has, has different phases that uh, they take people through. They have, you know essentially counselors and staffers available 24 seven. Um, they kind of graduate, uh, into phase one, phase two. So there's some group environments, then there's some individual apartments, uh, where they can live, um, a year, even year or more as they get on their feet. Um, it's a big thing. Oh, that's Jeez. pretty good because a lot of problems that homeless people face when they want to get back on their feet are having, an address you have to have an address to get hired and and that's such a big deal to have a, a place that you can call your own for a while well that's one of the things the road home offers is 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 an address it's a physical location um not just a p.o box where they can get a hold of you where they can you know see that you have a place to live i love the road home so this uh, this life start uh also has a third phase and that's actually moving people into rent to own houses houses so like habitat for humanity type stuff they get in they pay a cheap rent uh, they eventually get to a point where they can get a mortgage and they buy it which we've had a lot to do with uh habitat for humanity in the past and it's a great organization Who, who's we jeremy why salt city home designs <laughs> <laughs> so my company has sponsored um habitat for humanity and we've actually gone in and built well, helped build houses. We've worked at the ReStore, um, helping stock shelves. It's a great organization. And without organizations like that, a lot of people would never have the opportunity to live in a house. One other thing that happened this weekend um, is there was a birthday celebration for homeless people at Pioneer Park. So the road home, uh, some of the folks involved with it kind of put together a uh, – uh, a celebration. They brought cake out. They had balloons and face painting, all sorts of stuff for kids. They just wanted to go out there, have a good time with these people. It was a holiday, and no one else is going to pay attention to them on a holiday. No, like that. exactly. So, really cool stuff. All right. Last thing we're going to talk about today, and then we got to get to our interview. Yeah, is a uh, Sarah Brown. Utah original, so we we like to do some some Utah original <coughs> stuff. We have a uh, distillery up in Ogden called Ogden's Own Distillery. They have a new spirit. Where's it? Wait, it's called Ogden's Own Distillery. Where's it? Where's it located? Uh, in Utah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say Ogden again. Owned. <laughs> <laughs> I, know oh. I know your game. And, and they have just released something very delightful. A delightful elixir. We've we've all tried it. Um, so Utah's known, for those of you that don't know, especially northern Utah, Peach Orchard. Fruit Heights area. Yeah, a lot of... Clark to Brigham City. Apples, cherries, but... Peaches in particular, like right. they have a they have a Peach Days festival. Yes, and peaches come from a back, cave. Back in the day, in the late eighteen hundreds, that area was designated for fruit trees. So that whole area was planted of uh, humongous fruit orchards throughout that entire area. And sadly, development has taken a lot of that away. <laughs> Damn. Oh, were you going to go there? <laughs> uh, no, I was just jokingly saying oh. they were all still there. There are a lot still there. Um, and uh, they're in season right now, but that's not why we're talking about peaches. 
That's right. I canned peaches last weekend, by the way. From your trees? Absolutely. Yeah. Yum. Hey, peaches. So they made a peach whiskey. What do you guys so think of it? Is a national trend right now? Fruit whiskeys? Uh, yeah, I, Cra- I would say craft whiskeys yeah. are becoming a very big trend. I mean, there's... And they're they're just flavoring them with anything and and trying it out. But um, we actually had the the luck of the draw to be able to try some of this whiskey ourselves, and it was this. delightful because the whiskey itself was very smooth. Um, you knew you were still drinking a whiskey, but the the notes were right on target. It well, the, was delightful. The peach was I thought the peach wasn't overpowering. I thought it was subtle. It wasn't like a liqueur that it wasn't so like peach schnapps. Yeah. No, no. Where it, ugh. Well, so you, it's so sweet that it about knocks. Yeah, it's over. like you're drinking the soul of a peach. Well, <laughs> you know, my wife hates whiskey, but she actually thought it was rather good. I'm trying to think of what you would mix peach whiskey with, um, like a, a peach Moscow mule gin iced tea. Oh my uh, gosh, <laughs> iced tea would be good. Wow, yeah, actually, um, all those sound good. Yeah, you could mix it with um, just a sprite. Would be good, probably. Yeah. A little bit of orange juice. Uh, put a little bit in your peach cobbler. Ooh. Not that I would know. Like a like peach fresca or even like that the um the other fruit fresca. That could be good uh, too. I think you'll get a little peached out if you add it with a peach drink. Maybe you're right. Huh. Well anyway. Well it sounds delightful one way or the it, other. It was delightful. It, you know, it is a it is a Utah sort of thing. Put some in my face. <laughs> We're talking about peach whiskey, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. Did you guys know that Ogden's own is Ogden's first licensed distillery since the 1800s? Wow. I I believe it. I didn't know that. And it was 1851 that uh, Porter Rockwell's brother Merritt laid claim to the land in Utah's first famous fruitway near Brigham City. So it's kind of fitting. Do you think that... Do you think that the reason that that's the first distillery in Ogden since the 1800s is because of the hefty crime in Ogden? We'll have to ask Steve Conlin when we have him on. <laughs> oh, that is an interview I'm really excited for. So again, Porter's Peach, go give it a shot. I think it's in liquor stores now or we'll be seeing. Yes, wait, wait, so. did you just say give it a shot? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sip it. Sip it. Don't just shoot it. It's a. It's yeah, a don't, you don't want to shoot something like that. Yeah, you, you really <laughs> want to enjoy the flavor. Oh man, this is this has been a really good night. Everyone's we, feeling the vibe. We might shoot it all over Josh's face because <laughs> he did ask for it to be uh, in his face. Ah, uh, that's sounding less good, actually. So with us today is Sarah Brown with the Utah Transporter Association. Woohoo! Tran- <laughs> Transporter Association. Um, I got to ask right out of the gate, Sarah. Uh, you a fan of Jason Statham? <laughs> what, what, what was that? Well, haven't you seen The Transporter? I mean, isn't that like your theme movie? Uh, for some people, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Utah Transporter Association? So we are a Volkswagen club, a vintage Volkswagen club. Transporter is another name for a bus. So, oh. so start with the group of us that really love Volkswagen buses and like hanging out. Uh, are y'all hippies? Because that's, I mean, clearly the she Volkswagen She looks way bus. too young to be a hippie. Yeah, no, we're not hippies at all. <laughs> no, but there is a wisdom to her eyes. There is a wisdom that defies In age. her picture of her surfing in the open ocean? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Where we don't don't mock, we don't understand, sir. <laughs> so you love uh, old VWs. Uh, pr- primarily the vans, or is you know is the bug? Does that fit into there now since uh, they don't make them anymore? Yes, we love all of the old Volkswagens, and we have an appreciation for the new Volkswagens as well. So we welcome all Volkswagens. Do you put eyelashes on your your VW Bug or your Beetle, whatever you happen to drive besides the bus? No. We don't. <laughs> Do you want to? No. Because Chris sidelines as a bus cosmetologist, and he can do <laughs> bus eyelashes, bus eyebrows, and those tattoos. bus tattoos. Yeah, and some henna, some nice henna work on the bus foot. Bus tattoos. That also could be a whole as, new market, Sarah. Also yeah, known maybe as graffiti. You better tap into that. <laughs> you can, but we're just going to ask for five percent. But I think that's a very reasonable take. So what? What? Uh, where does it come from? I mean, what what do most people get into this club for? I mean, obviously, they love 
old Volkswagens, but but uh, I mean, how does that become a club and, and an association? It's really more of an addiction, honestly. Um, most of us have several vintage cars, not just one. And I don't know, I think it's a group of people that share your madness and can commiserate with you and help you when you break down. And no, it's, it's just a fun group of people. Now, I'm, <clears throat> I don't want to, to steal uh, our pod administrator's thunder because I know he's going to ask this in a moment here, but is the you you do some pretty altruistic things with these with these buses is that a kind of a core element as well there you know people who like the vintage vw stuff and then also have kind of a uh, i don't know an altruistic side i think so most of us enjoy being around people we enjoy helping people doing things for other people so it all kind of fits together you cannot go anywhere in your bus or vintage Volkswagen without someone stopping you and wanting to talk to you or tell you a story. It's just a very, I don't know. It's a, it brings people together. So what are some of the things that you guys do to these, these uh, old VWs? Some of them. Hey, keep it clean, Sarah. Keep it clean. (laughs) Do with them or to them or in them? Uh, All of the above. All of the above. Uh, some of them we find ratty and junky and keep them that way. Some of them we restore to like brand new showroom condition. So it just depends. We go camping in them. We go cruising. We show them off at shows. We go get ice cream in them. Just whatever. Tell me, tell me about the ice cream, Sarah. <laughs> tell me about the ice cream. I'm listening really closely. Is it like closely. Baskin Robbins or <laughs> which, which Cold flavor? Stone? And no, is, it, is it in a waffle like cone? Tell me about the ice cream, Sarah. It's snow cone season, you guys. That's right. We like to drive the buses, do the snow cone thing, go to the food truck roundup, you know. Fantastic. You guys just took your bus to uh, California without air conditioning and two kids, is that correct? Idaho, yes. Oh, we Idaho. Took- <laughs> Wrong well, side. Well, it's no. not as bad as California. I mean, it depends how far north did it you was, go. It was hot. We, we <laughs> drove with our six-month-old and our two-year-old in the bus and went camping just outside of Rexburg with a group of enthusiasts. And we all just met up there and camped for the weekend. So, yeah, it was fun, but it was definitely an adventure. So that's good. Six months and two years, they're not going to hate you the rest of your life because they'll forget about this. This is like pre-memory time for them. Good good call. Good call. <laughs> yeah, our two-year-old asks to go camping in the bus now all the time. Awesome. Awesome. She's Do a cool you, little kid. I know this is going to sound like a strange question, but it's meant very seriously. And I, I've actually got my serious face on for the first time tonight. Do you name your buses or or your Volkswagen vehicles? Yes. Some what, of what is your, who are you driving with now? <laughs> <laughs> so we usually name ours by the year or the model. And some of our friends name them names. Uh, one of our friends named it after the logos that were on it. So it, it just depends. Well, good deal. So you guys, uh, you know, most, most groups like, like yours, I would assume, uh, do a lot of, of, of charity work. Um, that sort of thing. Do you guys do that stuff? We do. Our biggest event is what we call Bussin' for Santa, and it's our take on Sub for Santa. Um, we do that at Christmas time, obviously, and we deliver Christmas to families in need in our Volkswagen buses, all decorated with lights and Santa Claus and that kind of stuff. That is so cool. I actually saw you guys last year. We were driving by. We, I live in Riverton, and we happened to be driving by when you guys were all camped out, and it's like, oh, look at that. That's so cool. Yeah. And now you know what it was. Now I know what. Yeah, I did, at the time I wasn't sure what it was, but now I know, and it's very cool. No, yeah. wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you, What do you mean, like Santa? I mean, there's only one Santa, and he's real. <laughs> so, what are you trying to tell me, Sarah? I think I said lights and Santa. Oh, okay. Now, see, I'm with you. <laughs> so, how do uh, uh, let's see something else? You guys are doing uh, uh, a. a a car show, a, a classic car show, or you guys do those? We are. We've got our big show coming up on Saturday, September 17th, and the proceeds from that show are how we fund Bussin' for Santa. So that's coming up at Riverton City Hall Park, and there'll be about 250 Volkswagens, all makes and models, at the park that day. That is so exciting. And there are people from clear into California that come for this show, right? Yeah, this year we've already got people pre-registered from California, Arizona, Nevada, Idaho, and then obviously Utah. But yeah, we've got a lot of people coming this year. 
if you had to pick a theme song <laughs> for this classic car show, would it be the Who's Magic Bus? Th- that did come to my mind. <laughs> would you like me to sing it for You're, you? No, 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 no thank just you, Josh. Say no. What? <laughs> we finally found someone on the same wavelength as Josh in the music sense. This is the first time in all of our recording that that's happened. Uh, that's so if if somebody true. has a vintage VW and they want to be part of it, how can they do that? They can just show up that day. It's a free show, so everyone can just come out, park on the grass, enjoy the cars, and we'll have food trucks and a raffle and T-shirts. The photo booth bus is going to be there this year, so you can get in the photo booth bus and take pictures. Inside the bus. Inside the bus. That's Complete awesome. I think they just do props. Oh. Magic bus. No. <laughs> we told you no. And you guys are doing a pre-meetup the night before. We are. On the 16th at Volkswagen Southtown, we are doing a meetup from 6 to 9. We'll have food trucks there, and that's just a very casual hangout. Come say hello if you can't make it to the show or if you can make it to the show. Come eat, hang out. It's a little bit lower key than the day of the show, so we really just get to hang with our friends and enjoy that night. So is this uh, strictly a Utah-based group, or do you? I mean, it sounds like you guys have people from all over the Western U.S. come over. Um, are are all the members, you know, here in Utah? Or do you have a Utah chapter? We started the club here with just a group of friends, but we have several of our friends that are in northern Utah and in Idaho as well that would be considered part of our group. So yeah, we we welcome anybody who wants to hang with us. Hey Sarah, would you call yourself the supreme commander? of the Utah Transporter Association. Yes. Would you say you're Commandant Sarah? No, I could not say that. Who who is the Supreme Commander? Uh, We don't really have a Supreme Commander. We're we're a pretty chill group, and to put on the show, it's a group of us that do it, and we all work really hard together, so there's not one person. Let's be clear. They drive around old VW buses. I doubt they care about a Supreme Commander. <laughs> that kind of goes against the whole vibe. Like the whole vibe of old VWs. Yeah, but being Supreme Commander is fun because you get to wear a hat. <laughs> I do look good in hats, but no, I'm not Supreme Commander. So how does someone uh, get a hold of you? Do they want to become part of the group, or is this like a close-knit friends-only sort of thing? Or Of 250 oh. bugs. Well, we, yes, it's just bugs. I mean, you have Carmen Gias, you have square backs, fast backs. You don't even know what those are because they backs. were all around before you were. A rock back. A, and you're old. A slack back. No. Do you have a Mac back? Where you a Mac, Mac, as Sarah said, you can. there's also new Volkswagens. Those are uh, water-cooled, so like new Jettas, Golfs. They have air conditioning, though, right, the new ones? They do. I have a Golf Sport Wagon, and it's very nice and air conditioned. <laughs> I do like the new Volkswagens quite a bit. There's just something special about the uh, the old buses. I really well, like Well, and a buses. lot of us do drive new Volkswagens as well, so it, it does kind of cross over into our daily life. But, no, to get back to your question, um, we have a Facebook page for the Utah V-Dub Classic. We also have an Instagram, Utah V-Dubs. Those are probably the best ways to follow us and see what we've got going on, and those are – like I said, open to everybody. Is that all? Is that all phonetic? V dub? Is that V E E W? V and a W. Sorry, okay. Utah. No it's V D U B. V dub. V D U B. We do. Like we actually stuff. spell that way. Yeah. yeah, we know. We do use that as well, but not on our Facebook. Oh, I bet those words taste pretty bad, there, Chris. Nope, they taste. Calling just down fine. the thunder. They taste just fine, Supreme Emperor. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, so, sir. Uh. Anything else that uh, you want our audience to know about? Obviously, the show that's coming up here on the 16th and 17th uh, funds your big charity event, Bussin' for Santa. Is there anything else going on here in the next few months that, that uh, you want us to know about? Our show is really the biggest thing. We, we literally start planning it the day after the show the previous year and work all year on it. So that is our main event we've got going on right now. Um, the cruise night the night before, come and hang out at the dealership, have food trucks, and then the show the next day. Um, yeah, and then Bustin' for Santa is our next big thing that we do in December. So, Do you have a date set for that yet? I do not. It usually depends on the family when we can do the delivery. How do you guys normally go about finding your families? 
I actually do use the sub for Santa program since they um, kind of vet the families. There's an application process for that and they make sure that the family is actually um, in need. So that's how I generally get our families is from the sub for Santa program. Good thinking. So there's one last question we, we have to ask you, Sarah. We ask everyone that's on our podcast. Oh, no. So, so living in Utah. Wait, are you sitting down, Sarah Brown? I am sitting down. Good. Living in Utah, what, what is the one thing that you would tell someone visiting Utah that they have to do before they leave the state? Let's see. Being from California, I would say oh, it depends on the time of year. So, like, if it was the summertime, I would say go boating and wake surfing, right? If not in Utah Lake. No, not in Utah Lake. No. <laughs> You'll catch the toxic algae. Yeah, you, you know, not good. But, you know, we have a lot of good restaurants. When my family comes from out of town, we always take them to the pie. You know, I don't know. There's just so many different things to do in Utah. So is Utah better or California? Well, <laughs> I do love California. I love to visit. I love to see my family. But we really enjoy living in Utah. So wait a minute, what part of California? I'm from the Sacramento area, and my husband's from Redondo Beach. What? Girlfriend? <laughs> so now now someone's actually from the same area you've spent time, instead of claiming that you were from the Bay Area and you really uh, live in Sacramento. These yahoos, actually, <laughs> the truth be known, uh, Concord is between Sacramento oh, and I the Bay Area, but it's it. closer to... Yeah, Josh lived there for like two months. Dude, I will know cut you. live in Concord. <laughs> What's that? Who lives in Concord? I know quite a few people that live in Concord. But not you, because you don't live there. You and don't live there. there for how no? No, this would be the new Concord podcast, and that just sounds <laughs> really stupid. Well, Sarah, thanks thanks again for talking with us. Uh, uh, again, uh, people can find you uh, where on Facebook and, and Twitter and websites and whatnot? So we actually have two Facebook pages. You can join the Utah Transport Associ- Association Facebook page, <clears throat> or you can join the show page, which is Utah VW Classic. Instagram is Utah VDubs. We also have our website, which is utahtransporterassociation.com. Magic bus! <laughs> I want it, I want it, I want it. Well, I'm tired. I think it's that time of night. Time to put on your PJs and sip a little peach whiskey and sing some songs. I uh, sleep in the buff. Whoa. Really? No. <laughs> I have teenage daughters. I have to wear at least underwear. Do you wear those sweet whitey tidies with, like... It's, Way too much butt room. It's tidy whitey. I have extra if you need some. <laughs> yeah, this weekend I'm good. I'm good. I had to stare at those most of the day Friday. I don't. You just had to. Hey, I rocked them. I couldn't avert my eyes. It was drawn to a woman wearing men's tidy whiteys on the outside. Men don't look good in tidy whiteys. But Jessica nailed it, girlfriend. I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> she nailed Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> she nailed Stuart. Uh, keeping it clean here, folks. <laughs> and on that note. All right, Josh. Say goodnight. Goodnight, Josh. Get the fuck out of my house. You sound like Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs>